Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit whose mission is to keep loved pets in loving homes. We educate pet parents about the importance of planning for their pets using pet trusts, and we also provide pet trustee services. For more information, visit actforpets.org. Today, what a pleasure. I get to introduce one of my really good friends, and her name is Shauna Shu. And Shauna, I couldn't be more excited to have you on the show today. Well, I'm pretty excited myself. I, I adore you, B. I adore you. I adore everything. So, yes, let's help your listeners. Absolutely. So um, I want to tell them a little bit about how we got to know one another, um, because Shauna was such a major factor in my growth and development in the pet industry. And very early on, number of years ago now, I was introduced to women in the pet industry, which was a very active, very vibrant organization that was founded by Shauna and lots and lots of really cool ladies from all over the country were members. And I broke out of my little lawyer bubble and decided to go hang out with the cool girls in the pet industry and made a couple of trips out to Oregon and just met an incredible number of people, many of whom have been guests on this show. So very, very excited about that and very excited to uh, bring back Shauna to the show to talk about one of our favorite topics, um, not the least of which is pets, but this particular topic is going to be what pets can teach us about leadership. So cool, Shauna. Yeah, yeah. And also, you were perfect. Uh, did, did they all know that you were a finalist for Pet Industry of the Year? So we got to put that in there. And uh, that's why you came to Oregon. And what we did in Women of the Pet Industry, uh, I thought was a wonderful thing. And the pandemic sort of took that sideways. So it's one of those things we lost. Not that it won't be resurrected sometime, maybe down the road, but it was an interesting way. And thinking about leadership, which is what we're talking about, what pets can teach us about leadership, you know, as things move, you you don't lament. You don't, I mean, pets, of course, grieve, but not like humans do, or that we beat ourselves up all the time. We went for it, it didn't work out, and they move on. And I think that's a huge thing that we have to learn from pets is that they accept what goes on. And sometimes just like when you have to move to a new owner and I know pets don't want to, but they adapt. It's one of the most important things pets do that we as humans and leaders can learn from them is to be adaptable. 
Absolutely. And I think about that a lot because I have a new little guy that I adopted not too long ago. And boy, that guy never missed a beat. He was welcome into our home and he just said, Yahoo, I'm here. I'm going to make the best of this situation and I'm going to be on every minute, every day, and I'm just going to be happy. And I think that is the thing that impresses me the most about pets and the thing that I try to do as a leader is to be present, to live in the present and not worry about what happened yesterday and not think about what's going to happen tomorrow, but just enjoy the moment. I agree. Um, Letting things go and also enjoying all the, the goodies, the juiciness. You know, I don't know what it is about humans or maybe me where, you know, you're like, oh, don't let the foot rub stop. Well, a pet just keeps bopping you with their head, you know, like they, they'll take it all the whole time and you end up giving it. And it's only us that goes, oh, you've already been rubbing me so long. You don't have to do it anymore. A pet doesn't do that. They're like, keep going, keep going. <laughs> and uh, isn't that joyous that we can give to them like that? It is. And uh, I'm reminded of that frequently by my dog, Abby, who... Um, will never let you stop petting her. She's constantly nudging you with her nose. No, keep on, keep on. Yeah. And so um, as leaders, they're always encouraging us too, aren't they? Absolutely. And they going with not even encouragement, but what is it that they want? They're really specific and they're willing to ask for it. I want, I want attention. I want more pets. I want you to play with me. You know, here's the ball, here's the ball. And they throw it and that you don't pick it up. They go and get it. They're relentless in their persistence. And I think not all animals, but most animals. And then they don't take offense if we decide we don't want to play right then. You know, they just kind of shrug their shoulders and move on and play with each other or themselves. So another really great tactic that we can use because we have a tendency, I think, as humans to take offense when somebody doesn't want to play with us or didn't ask us to the party or whatever it might be. And animals do not take offense like that. No, they sure don't. They say, okay, I'll take a nap and I'll be back soon. <laughs> and we can learn that more naps. <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, I know that everyone listening has said at one time or another, I want to come back as my cat or my dog because they have the very best life. And um, I think about that often, how well our pets have us trained to go off to work every day to give them this fabulous lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But then it's because they're in the present, you know, on the bad stuff and on the good stuff. And the other thing is, it, apparently, now I know that certain animals, a donkey, for instance, uh, or a mule will remember ill, be, Ill behavior. It, it will remember. But generally, animals move on. You know, that bad thing happened and it's over with. Uh, and they can be moved past. But we have a tendency to hold a grudge. And I think that that's a a, a thing we could learn from pets and get way better at is letting it go. Uh, not holding the grudge that somebody was rude to us that morning or they were just in a hurry and an animal just doesn't, doesn't take it personally most of the time. You know, they'll get out of your way before they get kicked, but they're not looking at you going, you are just a bad person <laughs> because you had a bad day <laughs> or a bad moment. And I love that. And I think we can learn that also as 
leaders more. I think that's true. And I remember um, in one of my coaching sessions with you in the past, I um, used to be in the habit of using the term struggle. And, mm -hmm. and you said to me one time, let's choose a different way to refer to challenges in our life. And the thing that you taught me and that I still appreciate to this day is that anytime I start to say the word struggle, I replace it with, I'm trotting along with this idea. <laughs> well done. Well done, Peggy. Some people dance with the ideas or they negotiated, but you're trotting, trotting along. And that means movement of some kind. Bravo, bravo. My premise there is you only struggle against inanimate things like a refrigerator. You can't move the refrigerator. So you struggle until you stop struggling and you go get a hand truck or you go put a rope around it and drag it out with a truck, whatever. So bravo, trotting along is brilliant. I, I will never forget that. And, and I hope that that's something that our listeners can um, put to good use is the, the words that we use, the language that we use is important. Huge. And thoughts become things, right? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And the fact that animals don't have language, but they communicate all the time is such an, another great thing is your presence and how you appear. Same, same when you're fearful, you know, that you pull your shoulders up and, and that you stand up straighter when you want to show that confidence. And we don't have to yell or be mean. All we have to do is get quiet and get inside ourselves like an animal does and watch out. <laughs> absolutely watch out. And it is absolutely the truth as well. We speak for our animals all the time because we say, well, he's thinking or she's thinking or um, as if we really know what they're thinking. And we do because they have communicated those thoughts loud and clear. Yes. Although sometimes I find it always interesting. People some people have a tendency to talk to their animals a lot and they're just making stuff up to be funny. And, but I think sometimes it's occurred to me that if they would stop babying and saying what their horse is thinking that, or dog, that they might actually learn more from their animal. I, I mean, that it, it, I agree with you because my animals communicated like, but if, if we're really paying attention, a, a woman I was with the other day, I could tell she was fearful and she said, oh, my horse doesn't like anything around its, you know, its face. My horse is, and I, and I'm thinking to myself, you don't know that the horse doesn't like that. It's apparently we're not listening to the horse. You just agreed to not do this. And I said, can will you let me for a moment? You know, and I, so we untied the horse. So it wasn't going to jerk back, but then right up onto its face. And it was like, oh my heavens, she never lets me do that. And I'm like, you're putting thoughts inside your own head of your fear instead of that the horse is really fearful. And I think we do that sometimes with humans as well as our animals is that we just assume because we're scared of something that that other person is also going to bite our heads off or be offended by what we say. And it's not the truth. I see that a lot, especially in the horse world. And I don't know if it's true across the board, but we do make excuses for our horses a lot. And, and our dogs. And our, our dogs, dogs, that is true. So they're doing that. They're really doing it because you have allowed it. And I think, let's talk about leadership from that standpoint too. One of the things that I work with so many coaching clients, like you and I did, 
And so many leaders allow some things that they really, they're, will get them into trouble down the road. And you and I both know this when it comes to animals, like the dog gets squashed and oh my God, it smells so good, everything's good. So you allow it up on the couch. Now I live in the middle of Oregon on property and I call it Mud Hill. No animals get on my furniture because they don't know the difference between when they're clean and when they're not clean. And I'm not gonna have my, all of my furniture ruined by my dogs. So they're, they don't get up. You don't allow them when they're clean because I don't want them when they're dirty. <laughs> so what we allow inside our teams, our pet businesses or inside our family, when we allow that to happen, whether it be somebody's sassiness or somebody who's constantly late, it makes us look weak as a leader and it does more damage to the rest of the team. Well, if it doesn't matter if I come in on time, well, why don't we all come in late? And next thing you know, you're sliding down this really slippery slope. So we start there. So if, if we're really allowing our pets to run the show, uh, then are we allowing people in our teams to run the show? And it could be that you are. And so somewhere or other, taking back control over some things that are, are important for the rest of your team and for you to run business really well is, is vital. And sometimes you don't see that you've allowed all this. Agreed. And I think it goes to the premise of we teach people and pets how to treat us. Yes. And I know that the folks listening have heard this before is that our dog or our cat or our horse has done a great job of training us and part of it is because of consistency, because they're far more consistent in their approach to their training of us than we are often in our training of them. Well said. One of the things that I also, as far as leaders, very well said, Peggy, you've had, you're just, you're super smart, what you do for a living, but also looking at the whole thing. And people, humans are inconsistent because we have a new idea. And so we thought we're gonna go down along that path. However, when you, when you really look at what we can do with both leadership at, with pets as well as humans, there's a difference between, in my mind, commands and rules. So, and I learned this from one of the trainers that I've been using with my dog and there are some rules. And so the rule is if I open the, my, He's in the back of my truck, uh, the back seat of my truck. If I open the door, the rule is you don't get out until I tell you you can. That's not a command. That's not a stay that I might forget or whatever it is. It's a rule. So with your teams, there's rules about the way we interact with clients or how fast we get things back. And that is not inconsistent. It's a rule. And when you let the rules slip, you got all kinds of problems with both animals and teams because- the minute I, I don't reinforce the rule, and it just is very calm and very fair, <laughs> but I need to make sure that he understands that that is not a command. It's a rule. And rules are non-negotiable. That's right. Rules are the way we deal with the things that are imperative. This is safety. When he doesn't get to get out of the truck unless I say. There's just safety issues here. Well, with my teams, it's about respect issues or it's about the way we deal with our customers. And if we can stay with some of these 
non-negotiable, these rules that we do get back to people by a certain time or that we always have their best interest at heart. I mean, you got to think about that for a minute. Then you're going to be okay. You're safe because there's a difference between rules and commands. Yet we still break our own rules all the time. Well, it depends. Um, the goal would be not to. <laughs> and so that's why you get a coach or that's why you have certain standards or you continue to put some accountability in place. So that, and those non-negotiables are really there, you know, for a reason, whether it be wear a helmet or whatever it might be, those, those are there for a reason, those rules. And that's why there are less of them less rules, and then more suggestions or the way that we should deal with everybody. But a rule is there's less of them and they're, they're set. Well, you're making me think of a rule that I imposed that hasn't worked out very well. Let's uh, talk about it. <laughs> because I have six dogs in my house and the little dogs like to sleep in the bed, but when we got a new little dog who became a big dog as she grew up, she also wanted to sleep in the bed. And my rule was, no, we have enough dogs in the bed. The little ones are where I'm drawing the line, no big dogs in the bed. Well, the problem with that rule is that when I'm out of town, that rule doesn't exist. My husband lets the big dog sleep in the bed. And when I come home and I try to reimpose the rule, she doesn't think it's a rule anymore. And so when I am still drowsy, maybe in the morning and she's come in from her first going outside adventure, she will sneak up into the bed. I can and, see it. <laughs> yeah. And then when I wake up, I'm staring right into her eyes because she's looking at me and she's like, I'm changing this rule. And if I'm not a hundred percent consistent in chucking her back off the bed, there is no rule. And this is, this would be as if you and your husband are a team of leaders and because you have one rule and he has another is where your problems lie. So it's sort of like, parenting differently or uh, your law firm, right? There's two owners, there's two partners. And so unless you sit down and decide what the rules are all the way across the board, you will have these kind of problems continuously. Absolutely. And what child doesn't know which parent to ask right. if they think they're going to get a different result? Right. And so that's a, a completely different situation. And so he doesn't have the same rule that you do. That, so there is no rule. Right. It really isn't. And also, do I, animals, I think, understand hierarchical things. In the wild, of course, they're put in their place. Um, just like dogs don't bark in the wild unless they're in peril or trying to kill something because they would uh, let their location away, which would be detrimental to the entire pack. So there's so many things that we allow that, that a, a pack wouldn't allow. Uh, usually an animal earns its position in the hierarchy of the bed. And so the older dog or the bigger dog is just like, hang on. <laughs> you know, I, I earned this. 
or it didn't, right? And so there's all these things. Uh, I, I made a, a general sweeping gesture, no, no animals on my, no dogs in the bed in general. And it's worked out really well. Although some, it makes me have to lay on the floor quite a bit. <laughs> Uh, I lay down with dogs quite a bit, but it's me down there. They don't get to come up. So at least they see that you're enforcing your own rule, which says yeah. no dogs on the bed, but I didn't say no humans on the floor. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because uh, if we have animals, we want to cuddle, right? That's the, especially when they're clean. <clears throat> so. So tell us a little bit because I know folks are going to be intrigued now that they've heard this uh, uh, back and forth between us about your philosophy with regard to leadership is talk a little bit about your leadership coaching program. So someone who's hearing this and goes, wow, I really want to talk more to Shauna about coaching. How do they do that? Oh, Peggy, thank you so much. Well, and you're the best example of it totally because you're a person who invested in themselves. You do this all the time. And when you want to get better, I know when I was younger, I, I was a ferocious reader and I, 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 I just wanted to get better and better. And to this day, I still get coached because if, unless we have somebody kind of like guide from the outside to give us a new perspective. And the difference is like, you can't talk to the people who put you in leadership because, you know, you don't let them know that you're feeling a little like you could use some help and you don't want to tell people who you lead <laughs> and lose all confidence. And you don't tell your friends because they're like, Oh, you're going to do great. Or your family, you kind of need that, that outside person who is totally your advocate. So I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching and it's really for people who are leaders, entrepreneurs, they can work for a big company, but they really want to work on themselves and give themselves a competitive advantage. So I work one-on-one, -on -one, which is my sweet spot. I love it. You've done it. You know, it, it really, it results driven. And so when you use some of the techniques or tools, it's just amazing. And one of the things that I also have is an online course called Level Up Your Leadership. And it's uh, six modules of, of three sessions and they're short and pithy and they're filled with action. So you can get that on my website. Also, I offer a free clarifying call, not a sales call, where people can pick my brain for 25 minutes and they can do that on my website as well. I just, I do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I like to give back. Number two, it keeps me on the pulse of what's going on. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a pet business or I work in the lumber companies, I work for title companies, mortgage, real estate, any big kind of business. Leadership's the same. <laughs> I mean, it's, you could say, well, I have labs, but I have boxers, but they're all dogs, you know, and there's nuances, of course, but it, it, there's more similarities than there are disparities. So I, I offer that as well. Almost everything's on my website. Uh, I have a free quiz called Uncover Your Leadership Blind Spots. That leads them into the course. They can sign up for a clarifying call. If they want to catch me, they can find me from going shaunashoe.com or shauna at shaunashoe.com. And I think you'll probably put it in your show notes. I will, absolutely. And um, and I'm glad you mentioned the leadership quiz because I was going to ask about that and whether or not that's something that we can share so that absolutely. folks can um, and have the benefit of that. It's great to find out what kind of a leader, where your blind spots are. 
and then what that looks like. And some of them, the blind spots, they're going to recognize themselves immediately and then go, oh, I, I think I, it would really be beneficial to take an online course. Or they might go, oh, my heavens, I'm at this place. And really, I probably ought to talk to Shauna. So it's kind of a, a great free quiz. I think that's a great way to go. I love what you were saying about being a voracious reader too. I remember one time hearing somebody say that uh, you'll be the same person you are today, five years from now, except for the people you meet and the books you read. Agreed. And I love that. And ever since the pandemic started, I have watched zero Netflix, zero Prime, Wow. Very little news, but I bet you I've read 150 books. Wow. Wow. So what was number one? I'm not watching the news either. You know, it was, I just, it doesn't do me any benefits at all. So, and I listen to a lot of books on Audible and I read books, but what was your point with that many books? Was it, did you have a certain topic you were focused on or? Nope, bouncing all over the place, reading a lot of um, authors that I used to read. I'm reading new authors. Ah. I'm, I'm also listening to some TED Talks. So I love that your um, leadership program regarding pets is also available on YouTube through the TED program. And um, I actually have two now. I have oh, two. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, and both of them are pet related. So your audience might enjoy that. I'm sure they will. And I will make sure that they have access to that information. So no, I didn't have a specific topic in mind. I just really needed to get away from a lot of um, pointed opinions. I think mm -hmm. I'll just call it that and um, go back to good old fashioned reading. And mm -hmm. I've loved it. Well, I always used to think I love podcasts as well because they're short, nippy. Hopefully people got at least two or three things about acceptance and different things we talked about. And they're going to go, yeah, I can do that. You know, a small story. So I love them. But when you actually read a book that somebody put together, which is a much bigger investment in your time, you're getting their best thinking over a period of years. You cannot beat this um, for 15 bucks or 25 bucks or whatever it costs you for a book. And, uh, it's a best deal ever. Well, and an even better deal is if you can use um, your online library app yep. and download all that stuff for free. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Best investment in time. Yeah. Exactly. Whether you, whether you yep. buy the book or not. Yeah. So, so I, I live with my Kindle in my hand practically anymore. Um, I will admit that I have lost two Kindle covers to uh, my uh, my canine friends, and uh, that's keep plugging away though. That's funny. Uh, well, good for you. You're inspiring to me like normal. I absolutely adore you. Well, and before we sign off, tell us more about the Shauna Zoo. Um, how many animals do you have, and uh, who's keeping you company these days? I am the lowest amount of pets I've ever had. Uh, I have one amazing horse named Patrick, and he's my Appaloosa, and I'm doing the Chief Joseph Trail Ride, which is that 1,300-mile progressive ride. Uh, this year will be our fourth year. We do 100 miles every year. So love him. And then I have my old dog, 
Stewart, who is about 14, Papillon, deaf as a doornail, can't hear a thing. My young buck, uh, Kingston, who is uh, still a puppy at two, German Shepherd. And then I have an old cat named Alice, who just scrappy, fabulous indoor, outdoor cat. But right now in the house, so there's that's my little Shauna Zoo. But right now I'm also dog sitting a friend of mine's fat yellow lab. <laughs> and I'm fostering five puppies. So they're uh, shepherd and husky mixes. And oh I've had my gosh. Cuter than you could possibly imagine. They're smart. They're doing a great, they're outside right now. And they're, I've already had them for, I don't know how many weeks, three weeks and I'm gonna have them for two more weeks. So they'll get fixed and then be up on the website. I, I do this for Oregon Friends of Shelter Animals. Okay, Oregon Friends of Shelter Animals. So anyone listening who's out on the West Coast that wants to adopt a Shepherd Husky, um, absolutely check that out. And, and I, uh, I work with these dogs. They're not going to the bathroom in the house. They're, uh, they're really good, good, good dogs, smart. The longest lived dog we ever had as a family dog was a Shepherd Husky and she lived ah. to be 15 years old. Wow. Well, these guys are great and smart and cute. <laughs> you're going to make me want to do a road trip. That's right. Uh, you're, well, you're always welcome to my house, my friend. All right. Well, give us uh, something, uh, a word of wisdom, a nugget that we can take with us here today. And um, I can't thank you enough for sharing with us. Uh, thank you. And I think we'll follow back up and say that your life is going to be as good as the things you allow. So be careful with what you allow. I think that's perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you for joining us today. And um, I'm so glad I could share Shauna with you. And we hope that you will join us each and every week on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. And we hope that you'll check out our website at actforpets.org. And until there are none, folks, please adopt one. And until later, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales!